Hey everybody, uh, today we are kicking off a brand new series called First Comes Love, which last week, if you remember, I said that our teaching pastor, Ben, was gonna be kicking it off, and obviously, Ben's not here. So before we get into today's teaching, I need to kind of tell you what's going on here at, at Flatirons, okay? So, so this past Monday, Ben texted me from home, said he wasn't feeling well, he was gonna stay home, and he thought he was fighting a bad cold because he had, and here we go, flu-like symptoms, all right? They caused him to have a really sore throat and uncontrollable coughing. So on Tuesday, he wouldn't feel any better, so much to Ben's protest, I instructed him to go and get a COVID test. And about an hour ago from right now, Ben's test came back negative, but his throat and his voice hurt so bad he can't talk. But to play it safe, either way, yesterday, Ben and I made the decision that I would take his, his time, his teaching today, which is why I'm te- teaching today, to an empty room because we canceled the live 50-person audience that was scheduled to be here just, just to be safe. But wait, it, it gets better, I'm not done. So over the weekend, um, we had some of our staff uh, start feeling uh, flu-like symptoms, so we sent them off for testing, and one of our staff came back testing positive. But before we realized that, our entire worship leading team and a lot of our production team uh, that makes weekends online and live possible were all exposed to possibly contagious people. And now some of them are starting to show flu-like symptoms. So we're awaiting their test results. So like, like the worship that you hear today was recorded in an empty room. And then right after that, we, we, we sent them all off uh, to, to testing sites. All right, Ho- now hopefully all the tests come back negative, all right? But if they don't, then that means all that stat, those staff will be required to go into quarantine for 10 days or so, right? Of isolation, uh, isolation meaning this, it, it's possible that we might not be able to meet together next weekend on our campuses. It's, I think we will, but I just gotta pay attention to it, right? I, I'll make that call and communicate that all through our social media platforms later this week, so, so stay tuned, but, but please pray for our staff and, and, and our families and our church, okay? So on that note, let's do that. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into this, this new series, okay? Will you pray with me? So God, um, we all are just so fed up and tired with what's going on in the world and this COVID thing, and, um, and it's just really, really frustrating uh, because it's causing so much fear in the world. It's also causing a lot of pain in, in, in the world, uh, health-wise, um, uh, job-wise. Just, it's just, everything just feels really, really shaky and unstable. But again, I wanna go back to what we talked about last week, God, is that you're in control and you're not sweating this and you have everything in your hand, including our worship team and our production team and, and everybody that calls Flatirons home. So God, I just pray that right now that, um, first of all, I pray that every test comes back negative, um, but that you'll protect everybody involved in that. that you'll protect our church uh, because there's a lot of emotion that comes along with what's going on in our world right now. But, but you want us to be together and you want us to be unified. And so we wanna love each other and we wanna do everything for your glory and for the benefit of the people around you. So that would be this as well. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, so, so the this, this series that we're starting today is all about this path that many of us will or have already gone down in our life. And that path is for, from being like single uh, to being attracted to somebody to maybe falling in love and then popping that question and getting married. And then for some of us, kids come into the picture as we start our families. So, so this whole series, though, is based on a famous poem, and I, I, I think it was Shakespeare. I can't prove that. But we all recited it as kids. Just say it along with me. You can fill in your own names here, but here's my version. Jim and Robin sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby, and a baby carries. And for most of us, 
We probably learned that, that little nursery rhyme when we were like, like three or four years old. It was our first experience with the arts, right? But what's interesting is that in that simple like children's nursery rhyme, we actually see the natural progression that God designed for the most important relationships in our life. Track with me, all right? Jim and Robin sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. See, that's the first step of that progression. You meet somebody and you're kind of attracted to them. First comes love. So after attraction comes, comes love. And then comes marriage, right? Then comes a baby in a baby carriage, right? Now, the, the last step is possibly creating a family together, either through biology or adoption, right? Now listen, I, I know, of course, that everybody's different, right? Some of us decided that we're never gonna get married or that we're never gonna get married again, and that's fine, right? Others have decided that even though we are married, we're, we're just not gonna have children, and that's fine. But in general, all right, for those of us who are married or have been married or one day want to be married, I think we would all agree that that, that natural progression probably works better. Attraction, right, dating, then, then love, and then marriage, and then parent and family, right? Now, now before we even get into this series, I, I, I wanna address a couple, I don't know, elephants in the room, all right? First, first I do, I wanna talk to the, the already married, or not married anymore, and I'm never gonna get married again, all right? Maybe you're thinking, I'll see you in a month, all right? This series is irrelevant to me. I would disagree with that. First of all, I believe that you will find some truth in this series, no matter what your marital status in life currently is, you're gonna find truth that is true about who you are as a person, married or not. The other thing that I have found as a person who's been married for 36 and a half years is this, I still don't have this whole marriage thing figured out. Right? And I'm aware that I have a lot of room to grow. And again, speaking again, just for myself, I, I wanna turn over every rock I can um, if, if Robin and I can have an even stronger marriage going into the next season of our life. So if you're married or not married and don't plan to be married, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, okay? Lean in, not out. The other reality is this, and we, I gotta pay attention to this, but most of the time, Ben and I, we, we kind of default to teaching to people who are already married. But the reality is, and I mentioned this last week, at least half of the people who call Flatirons, that's my church, aren't married. And we're always putting disclaimers out there to unmarried people. Hey, you're gonna have to do the math and dig out the truth that still applies to you as a single person. But we're gonna kind of flip the switch on this one. In, in, in this series, we're gonna ask the married people to do the math and dig out the truth that applies to them as human beings, whether you're married or not. Make sense? Here's the other reality, um, and I just wanna call it out. For, for some of us like tuning in today, this might be like the first time or maybe the first time in a long time that you've ever even thought about um, uh, leaning into or considering this whole, what Jesus might be about. You're, you're not sure what you believe about all this, all right? And let me tell you, that's cool. I, I'm glad you're here. So to you, I, I would say this. I'm betting you're a smart person and you're always looking for, for a way that might lead to something better in all the important areas of your life, right? Better than what you see going around in the world around you, or how about better than what you've experienced in your own life in the past, right? That's all, that'd be all of us. So to you, I, I challenge you just to listen, all right? And keep this information like in the front of your mind. And throughout this whole talk and series, all right, uh, kind of actively ask yourself this, which, which way of life seems better just on a practical basis, whether I buy the whole Jesus part or not, which makes better sense, the way that I'm, I, I'm, I'm living that part of my life now or I've been living it in the past or 
does it, does it seem like it might be better the way that's being described in, in, in this talk? At the very least, have an honest conversation with yourself about it. And again, if not today, right, then file it away and maybe pull it out in the future. Deal? I, I guess if I could, before I jump into this, slip in like one more elephant disclaimer, it would be this. For, for a lot of us, the conversation that we're having in our head right now around this whole relationship series uh, is not, this is irrelevant to me. It's a, it's a much worse conversation. Your conversation is going like this. It's too late for me. Uh, I wish I would have known this like 10 years ago, right? And now, you know, even if I agree, yeah, that's better, right? It's not possible for me. It's too late. I'm stuck with what I currently have, and I disagree. See, we all, we all have, have stuff in our life that we would do different had we known then what we know now. But that's not how life works, is it? It's also not found anywhere when it comes to God saying that in your direction. He doesn't say it. You cannot find the phrase, well, it's too late for you now, coming out of Jesus's mouth. What you do find is, a lot of is, from now on. From now on, change your mind. From now on, make some different choices. From now on, do some things differently. From now on, because here's a newsflash, there is no magic rewind button to go back and change the past. All we have is from now on. Fair? Okay, so now here's the thing about today, all right? Ben is gonna come back next week, hopefully, right? <laughs> and talk about dating and attraction. But what I wanna do today is I wanna go like, like way like upstream, you know what I mean by that? And, and, and talk about something that will weave its way through this entire series. And it's, and it's kind of a question. See, most talks, right, centered around dating or marriage or family sit around this big question, well, what are you looking for? Right? What are you hoping for? What are you searching for when it comes to a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife or a, a family? Right? We've all had this in our, in our heads. Well, he has to be this. Well, she better be this. All right? Here's my list of criteria that I'm looking for when it comes to that special someone in my life. They better have that. And, and I, guess, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But the question that we rarely ask ourselves is this. Yeah, uh, what kind of person do I wanna be? Or what kind of person am I becoming? to and for that person when that time comes, if that time comes, right? I'll just put it even more blunt. How about this? How can I become the kind of person that's worth marrying? See, and Ben's gonna, gonna talk about the myths of dating next week, but here, here's what I have found to be like, like one of the most common myths that permeates the whole like attraction, love, marriage, family continuum. And it's this, a ring will change everything, I thought, and it won't. And it didn't. Now, I'm not a prophet, but let me just, no, I'm gonna tell you what just happened in living rooms and watch parties around the world. A whole bunch of married people unintentionally just nodded their heads a little bit. And a whole bunch of engaged people just felt a little bit of panic in their stomach. Right, because we know it's true. The, the other myth that, that many of us have bought into, and we sincerely meant it, was this. Um, I won't repeat the same mistakes that my parents made with me. And we, we've all said something like that naively, and again, with the best intentions, we, we think that, I don't know, something magic, ha magic happens because of some ceremony or because we can produce or adopt a child. It'll just be different. It's just, things will be different and the hard stuff will change as soon as I have that and it'll just go away, said almost everyone everywhere. And then we got what we thought we wanted and everything was gonna change and then we had a really rough, I call them an aha moment, but we realized nothing changed. Now, listen, 
That's not an all-inclusive statement for all people, but it is a much more common story or reality that we don't want to talk about, but, but that a lot of us, us, have had kind of crashing in on us, usually in a really, really bad moment, right? Remember that? See, there's a saying out there, I don't know who said it, uh, it's very wise, it says that character doesn't create, no, conflict doesn't create character, it reveals it which I believe is really true. I would take that a, a, a step further into what we're addressing here. I would say this, dating, falling in love, marriage, and parenthood doesn't primarily build character. It primarily reveals character, where it's strong and where it's not. So before we talk you know, for the next month about what we're looking for in another person or what our hopes and expectations are uh, for around when I have a family, let, let's go upstream and let's look in the mirror. Let's look at this word right here, character. The kind of person you are right now and you're becoming. That someday, someday, maybe down the road, somebody will look back at you and say, I do, till death do us part. Or maybe even look at you and go, you're my mom, you're my dad. So let's get started. And it's gonna look like I'm con contradicting myself right here, but, but here's what I want you to do. If, if you were to make a list of the kind of person, like the character of the person that you hope you'll end up with, what would be those top four or five words? What would be those four or five characteristics that you're looking for in another person? Now, now we might you know, blurt out words like, well, she better be hot, all right? Or you better be handsome or funny or smart or rich or talented, all right? We, we all know, all right, if really pressed into a corner that while some of those words might be on your list, they certainly wouldn't be like on the top of the list, like the most important list. It says, as long as she has that, as long as he's like that, as long as we have those things, this relationship's gonna be great. If it was, we, we should all look to Hollywood to take our marriage and relationship cues, which unfortunately we do. We, we model our lives after actors who have beautiful lives on screen, but too often off screen have a long line of train wrecks of marriages and families. This is true, but it sure looks good on TV, doesn't it? I want that. And that's not real. Now, listen, I'm not saying that, that looks or being a good financial provider, I'm not saying that's not important. I'm asking this, even if you had those things, what are like the most important things that you'd want in another person? But the question that follows that is this, are those the things, the words that would describe you, like now? So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw out a few words for you to consider. And if you're wondering when we're gonna get to the Jesus part, hang on to the end, we'll get there, right? So I guess the rest of this talk is gonna be called Most Important Character Traits to Pursue in Yourself first, and in another person, maybe down the road, right? So let me throw out the first word that, as you were putting your list of words together, I bet it wasn't on your list. I'm gonna throw out the word submission. Now, time out. Listen, I know what happened. I, I bet I just lost a bunch of you. But, but, but hold on. Okay, hang with me, all right? I didn't say passive. I, I didn't say doormat, all right? Uh, but we'll get to that in, in a minute. Here's what I mean. Everybody on the planet, Everybody submits to something, right? Meaning, I, I have chosen whose rules I'm gonna play by, life by, right? And how I'm gonna run my life. The question is, who or what is the authority? And I would even say the highest authority that a person looks to and then submits to to answer the question, how am I gonna run my life? Now, it changes over time, right? When, when we were little kids, the answer probably was, well, my parents ran my life. And that's a great answer. 
But, but if you're in your 20s and your 30s or your 40s and the answer is still, my parents still run my life, that's a problem. Tons of marriages fall apart because somebody's parents still run the lives of their married children. And I bet I just sparked a whole weekend of fights around the world. You're welcome. Sorry, but it's true, isn't it? Right? How about this? If we say, you know, nobody runs my life. I don't submit to anybody. I, I just go with the flow. I do whatever my friends want to do, I'm, I'm in. Whatever's cool, whatever's hip, whatever's popular, whatever earns me the applause or the approval of the people around me, gets me advancement at work, whatever that is, that's what drives my life. Okay, that's a problem. Because a lot of us have experienced it, right? Tons of relationships fall apart because one of you or both of you keep choosing any and everything except the person you're married to. I choose hobbies, I choose career. I, I choose taking on a lot of debt we can't afford to keep up with the latest whatever. And it controls your life, it runs your life. You submit to that. Or, or maybe, you're, maybe you're listening to me and go, you're saying the, the noble answer. I just have to be true to, I just have to follow my heart. Okay, that could be a problem depending upon who your heart is submitting to, who your heart is listening to. I will throw up a Bible verse here that's true whether you believe in God or not. It comes from the, like the first part of the Bible. It says this, it says the heart, right, is deceitful, like it tricks us, above all things, and desperately sick. <laughs> Here's the question, who can understand it, right? I mean, I mean, how many regrets over the past could we list in our lives where we listened to or followed our hearts and our hearts were way off? Because our emotions in the moment, our feelings and, and our hormones like turned off wisdom and, and, and the passion of the moment kind of ruled the day and we went with our hearts. And as soon as it was over, remember? Sanity returned and you had a big, oh shoot moment, right? All, all I'm saying or, or that verse is saying is this, if being true to and going with whatever you feel in the moment, if that runs your life, it's gonna be a problem. So who or what is the authority in your life that you're willing to submit to when you're facing something that's painful or hard or inconvenient or unpopular? What's my plan? Because Here's why. Because I would lump in here the word that would be on all of our list. He or she better be faithful. I better not cheat on me. And I get it. I get it. It'd be on my list too. Even the Bible gives an out for a marriage where one of the parties has been unfaithful. And I'm not, not saying that that's something that can't be worked through and, and even healed. I know lots of couples that work through that. But even God calls it out. It's so difficult. Being unfaithful is so difficult. And some people are so like, their hearts are so broken, some, some people can't recover. So under the umbrella of submission, right, how, how is this for a definition of, of faithful, at least when it comes to relationships? How about this? A, a willingness to submit, there's that word, right? and put aside your own wants and desires, like in the moment, to provide for and protect the more important needs of other people in your life. And we're gonna talk about this later in this series, but, but let me say this, and this is gonna make some people mad. If, if you lie as a single person, you'll lie as a married person. If you cheat while you're dating, you'll cheat when you get married. Because life is gonna get hard, and romance is gonna get dry for a while and you're gonna want what you want and you're gonna listen to the voice that you've learned to listen to and if that's your own heart, because it's who you are, because it's your, your character, you're gonna go with the moment or you're gonna listen to something higher, right? So, so, so if you're looking for that kind of person, be honest, are you that kind of person? And if not, 
What, what needs to change? Because this won't change it. If you want something different in your marriage in the future, maybe you should work on becoming that now, right? How about, how about this? This would be important. I'm looking for a person who is honest and truthful, right? We all, yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? All right, would that currently describe you? A few years ago, we did a great series called, called Shape, right? Uh, the shape of a man. And we're talking about the characteristics of biblical, like spiritual masculinity. And the word the author, one of the authors I was studying used for honesty and, and truthfulness was this word, assessment. And in that series, we talk, a real man. And so I'm gonna expand that. This would, of course, apply to women. So how about this assessment, all right? Um, a person of honest and truthful character is constantly taking assessment, like evaluation of their life so that they can actively take responsibility for what God has entrusted to him or her and then root out any passivity which may have crept into their life. So, so honest and truthful has gotta be more than they better not lie to me, they better not hide stuff from me. It means this, that, that they're always assessing their lives and when they see things in the mirror that, they, that aren't right, they, they, they don't blame, they, they don't hide it, they don't deny it, they don't minimize it, and they certainly don't lie about it. They take responsibility for what's wrong or, or off and, and, and not only work to correct it, but this go deeper, like upstream, but root out any passivity, I wasn't paying attention, right, that allowed it to come in in the first place. And I, I, think, I think that the word that separates children from adults is, is the word I just mentioned, it's the word responsibility, I take responsibility for my life instead of blaming other people for my shortcomings or, or my mistakes, instead of playing that victim card. It's not my fault. I can't help it. Don't blame me. Instead of living the lie that we all did as children of playing make-believe, knowing it's not true, but just hoping we don't get caught. So you want, you want a person who's honest and truthful. So are you the kind of person who takes responsibility for your faults and mistakes? Or is your first response is, I blame others. When you make a mistake or somebody points out something that kind of might be negative or lacking in your life, do you play the victim? I can't help it. It's not my fault. You can't blame me, right? When the truth is, we made a choice. We just don't want to take responsibility for our bad choice. Here's kind of a filter. As you listen to this talk right now, are you having an imaginary conversation with me in your head about how everything you're saying, Jim, applies to most people, but... My circumstance is different, so I, I get a pass on this one. All right. See, I, I, I don't know how you would answer any of those questions, but do you want to be married to a person whose first response is blame you for everything or blame other people and play that victim card? No? Then maybe you should do an assessment and just see what's going on inside of you right now. Now, all that makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, on the, on the most practical, yeah, life would probably work better if those words describe me. So here's the, the Jesus parts, okay? See, around here at Flatters, we're always talking not just about, you know, right behaviors on the, on the outside, the do's and don'ts of, of, of how you're supposed to live your life, but more importantly, we're always talking about the kind of person that I wanna become, right? Where, where the best kind of behaviors just naturally come out of me because that's who I am. And the best example of the best kind of person who demonstrates the best kind of life to live would be Jesus, it'd be hard to argue with that. 
So I, I wanna throw out some statements here and then I wanna take a look at the Jesus who demonstrates what that looks like and see if this might lead to you maybe leaning into something better before you start looking for something better in somebody else. Look, look at this statement. See if it, if it fits you. I want, I want to become a person who courageously submits themselves to God's word and God's truth even when it is painful, hard, inconvenient, or unpopular. And this is what it looks like for Jesus. Jesus said this. He says, I do as the Father has commanded me. He goes on and says, I, I don't do anything on my own unless I know it agrees with what God says is right and true. Even up to and including laying down my own life if that's what needs to happen. What, what would your life look like? How would your life be different moving forward if that described you? Right, how about this statement, all right? I, I wanna be a person who regularly makes a brutally honest assessment of my life so that I can actively take responsibility for what God has entrusted to me, right? A family, a wife, a, a husband, whatever that is, right? And root out any passivity which may have crept into my life. You willing to do that? This is what it looks like with Jesus. Jesus said, said I, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. Here's what comes with being a good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Does that sound like appealing? Being married to a kind of person who goes, I, I've laid on my life for you. How about, how about this? I, I wanna be a person who's willing to sacrifice. Like, like some, that's that submit word there again, right? Sacrifice my own wants and desires to provide for and protect, and that is the biblical definition of love, provide and protect. I'm willing to sacrifice what I want and my desires to provide for and protect the more important needs of others, especially the person I'm married to and my family. Je Jesus said, this is what he does. I lay, I lay down my life. Not for no reason, because that's what needs to happen. Again, even on a hypothetical basis, right? wouldn't all of those phrases and examples describe what you would want in another person? I would love to be married to someone like that. Well, that other person would too, right? So are you willing to do whatever it takes now so that you can move towards becoming that kind of person to the most important person in your life later? Now, I want you to hang on to this. I'm gonna wrap this up, but as we go through the next four weeks of, of, of looking at these different parts of, of your life, again, there's some truth in here that's just true for all human beings. Would you, especially when that defensiveness comes up, and it does, right, for all of us, would you be willing to kind of come back to, okay, but I'm not talking about who I'm married to. I'm not talking about that person. I'm not talking about someone. I'm looking in the mirror and going, hey, God, what's going on in me? What needs to change in me? so that I can become that kind of person. Cool? Let's pray. So God, um, it's, it's, it's impossible to listen to a talk like this without replaying tapes in our heads about what we've done right and, and, and wrong. And I know a lot of us are like rehashing mistakes and we're trying not to pile guilt and shame on ourselves. As, as I wrote this talk, I was trying not to pile guilt and shame on my life because I've, I've, I've broken all of those I'm not throwing stones at anyone, but around here, God, we just wanna go on a journey with you towards what, something that is better than maybe what we have now. And even if what we have now is pretty good, I, I believe that walking towards you, that life could even become better for our own hearts, for this person that we are married to or might be married to someday, or these, these people that call us mom and dad. And that's worth risking the journey. So I, I just pray you'll, you'll go with us on this journey 
um, towards what you say is, is a better way. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.